Welcome in to the Fortress of Comictude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm McCord. I'm Kylie. This is a creator-focused episode we do once a month where we pull a random comic creator's name out of a big bucket. We talk about him for about an hour or so, and then at the end of this episode, we will pull out the next comic creator's name for next month's creator Focus episode. And this month, Mary, who are we talking about? David Finch. David Finch. Artist and writer... Yeah. Yeah. I have <laughs> Not writing. to be confused with David Fincher... Who is an awesome director? Yes, because that's Who? exactly what I was. David Fincher, with. Fight Club. Oh, I the haven't Panic seen Room. That. I haven't seen. Um, what? You haven't seen Fight Club? I haven't seen Fight Club. If she has, she wouldn't uh, talk about it. That's true. <laughs> I'm not talking oh, about it. That's good. Very good. Very fair, good. fair, fair. Uh, we're talking about David Finch today. Um, probably one of the fair to say like bigger, bigger artists of the last little. I, I feel like he's a. He's one of the bigger names in the game. Of the I, I, in my opinion, so. yeah. I mean, I, I've I love his art. So. Oh, I do too. Um, I would say if they're big, then I have heard of them. And have I you had heard? Not. You okay. don't know. You don't follow commentators' <laughs> names. It was not, not Jim a... Lee, so I don't know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Jim Lee. Somebody yeah, we know. <laughs> Jim Bartell. <laughs> Jim Bartell. <laughs> God bless Jen Bartell. Gary, <laughs> Gary oh. yeah, dude, Bartell's awesome. Jen Bartell is amazing. Um, so these creator focus episodes are basically divided into two sections. The first section is like a history one hundred and one, where Mary's going to kind of go over some of the history of David Finch and kind of go over some of the awards and different books he's worked on, and we'll all kind of chime in on our own opinions about those topics. And then the back half will be a section we call book reports, where we all chose a book to read and we're going to talk about. Uh, that book specifically that David Finch worked on and like what his, you know, in this case, more than likely the artwork specifically and what we think was good or not so great about it. So uh, with that being said, Mary, yeah, please tell us about David Finch. All right. I know nothing about him at all. <laughs> uh, all right. So David Finch was born July 4th, 1971 oh. in Montreal. Same year as Kylie, right? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, he's a few years earlier. Oh, okay. Why was I thinking you were a 71 guy? I don't know. I was 74. I'm oh, 74. Okay. He's from yes, I'm old. <laughs> he, he acts like he's 71. <laughs> yeah. It's the glasses in it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read close things. It's I have so, to Every hold time I show him something, away. it is the screen. He's like, <laughs> I know. I love that where it's like, e- Emily went to show me something. She comes up and she heads it like this and I grab her hand and I just do this. And she's like, can you see it? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he is from Montreal, Canada. Oh, he's a Canadian. Canada. Canadian, yes. Eh? Eh? Uh, he's a writer, penciler, and inker. Uh, anything else? Uh, is that it? What I else is there to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, he's a, he also letters in his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and publishes. <laughs> and edits. He's a one-man band, basically. <laughs> he's also founded Finch Comics, where he just does it all. <laughs> Uh, that's not true, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, like, one guy. They're just being... <laughs> um, actually, that's not true. They're just being snarky with me. Uh, notable works, I have Batman, The Dark Knight, and The New Avengers. Both that's, awesome. That's it? Yes. That's what I have. Do you have more notable works? Well, New Avengers. Yeah. New, well, that she mentioned New Avengers. I did. Uh, yeah. He did Ultimatum. Uh, he started out with in Top Cow doing, like, the Aphrodite 9 stuff. Yes, and that's... 
Forever yeah. Evil. Yeah, he did Forever Evil. Um, just run on first, Justice League. First couple arcs of Tom King's Batman. Um, Moon Knight. He obviously. did some Grant Morrison Batman stuff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Finch has done a lot. Yeah. 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 I bet his pages go for a ton of money. Oh, I bet they're, they're. I bet they're. The the yeah. We'll we'll get to that. He's won a couple of awards. <laughs> Of awards, he's won a couple of awards. I can't, I can't word today. Uh, so he's got the 2009 Joe Schuster Award for Outstanding Artist. Um, he was also awarded the Yellow Kid Award in 2000. I, I, I read Kid that. Award? I read that, and I thought it's either very racist or jaundiced or something. I don't know. <laughs> or it sounds like a weird award, or it's like a Simpson Award. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh. And then 2017, he won an Eisner for Best Short Story, Good Boy for Batman Annual Number One. Did Which is very, very good. Yeah, yeah, Good Boy is very, very good. Okay. What's it about? Did he write that or did he just draw it? No, Tom King. Okay, Tom okay. King. so it's that first... The first uh, Tom the King first, Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Tom King, at this point, is just like throwing Eisners in like a closet somewhere. Like, <laughs> another one of these? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have characters created by... Uh, and I don't know any of these people. Um, McCord? That means they're Marvel characters? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Tractier? From the... There, he's That person's from the group uh, Super Collective? That sounds like a He-Man guy. Tractier! Right? <laughs> it does sound like, yeah, that's like an action figure I would have had. <laughs> uh, Spydra? Spydra? No, that sounds like a a Marvel What If issue where like (laughs) Spider-Man form Hydra. Yeah, dude, let's pitch that book. (laughs) Peter Parker is Hydra Supreme. Spider Supreme. (laughs) Spider Supreme. I'm all in. Uh, Guys, no one take that out there. (laughs) Let me have this. I don't have anything. Uh, The Heretic. That's the clone of Damian Wayne. I was gonna say that one. I know. Uh, Mira, the girl who tried to steal the Batmobile. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Crane, uh, Jonathan Crane's dad. Yep. Uh, and then Scarecrow Gotham King. and Gotham Girl. That's that's what I have. Do you guys have anything oh, yeah, yeah, off yeah. the top yeah. of your guys' heads? I, 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 didn't, I didn't think of any characters you created. Yeah. So. Okay. I know characters that he's drawn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but helped create, you know. <laughs> Co-creation, as they say. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we start in the 1990s. The way um, distant future, not distant future, the distant past. Of the <laughs> <laughs> okay, so apparently the Yellow Kid Awards are Italian comics awards presented by the Italian International Comics and Cartooning Exhibition. Oh. I was hoping it was presented by a Yellow Kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Ye- Yellow Kid was kid a comic, jokes. was a comic strip in like 1895 to 1898. Huh. I thought Yellow Kid and was it's, the Twinkie mascot. And it's, <laughs> Is it racist? Twinkie the Yellow Kid. Because um, <laughs> wasn't he a cowboy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Twinkie the Kid. <laughs> but it's... Uh, let's see. The Yellow Kid influenced the basic appearance and use of word balloons in subsequent newspaper comic strips and comic books. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. So that's so there you go. You uh, gave yeah. me the dates, and I'm like, that doesn't seem like a long time to make an impact of something, but I guess that is uh, <laughs> well something. I, 1895 to 1898 
Isn't that oh, what you yeah, said? Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, that's not a that's not a not long period you think of time. Dialogue's important, Kyle. Well, now I know. <laughs> 1895 to 1898. Yeah, and I guess it was the uh, instigator of the the word balloon. So. Huh. Right. Facts go. from the fortress. Way to go, yellow boy. Yeah, there you go. Facts <laughs> from the fortress. Someone hashtag that. That's actually pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's really good. That's actually pretty sweet. That should be it's like its own like, segment now. Were you like waiting to bust that out or did that just come out? It just came out. That's pretty sweet, yeah, actually. I, I thought you had that shit loaded or something. I did not. She's been waiting. <laughs> it was sitting in the chamber for a little while. How long has this podcast been going? <laughs> this is episode 89. Yes. She's been waiting for 88 episodes to yep. say that. Yep. Sweet we get to 100 when we finally do our Marvel versus DC episode. Ooh. Is that, is that what's going to happen? Are you, are you calling 100. that? Yeah. Okay. I've been playing that for a while. Okay. All right. So I'm very excited. Episode 100. <laughs> All right. Well, I know who it's going to be. Me and McCord versus uh, <laughs> Mary and Tyler. Uh, yeah. I'm, we not, need a mediator, I'm not a good though. debater. <laughs> we not need, a good debate person. We need a, a... Then I either need you to be a mediator or it's another... Person, else. Be the one like settle down, settle down. <laughs> no, I'm oh, the one that says moving Ty- Tyler's on. so confident <laughs> that he can take on both of us. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, af- like, I'd be afraid just to go against my cord. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to do some hardcore studying for that, Tyler. Uh, and I so, will. My life is studying. <laughs> so back to what we were to. originally talking about. <laughs> like Kylie said, uh, he started it with uh, Top Cow um, on Cyberforce. Yeah, yeah, Cyberforce, the Mark Silvestri book, I believe. Silvestri? Yes. yes. That sounds like such a 90s <laughs> Oh, very much so. Cyberforce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Top Cow is part of Image at this yeah. point now. So it, it was very much in that vein of like, what, yeah. what was going on back then. Oh, yeah. And he started on that after that person <laughs> ended his run. Mark ended. Silvestri? Yeah. yeah. Mark Sylvester, one of the founders of Image Comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that person. That person. That guy. That, that guy. That guy. You know? that I'm, I'm not going to remember Blade, right? after this Sylvester episode. Sylvester created Witchblade, right? I, I think so. Good. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Uh, <laughs> Yo, go on. Go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Finch co-created Ascension. Yeah. Okay. With okay. Matt, yeah. Matt Bat Benning. Matt Bat Benning. Matt Bat Benning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, shortly after the series started, Bat left the title f- because of creative differences. So then, uh, Finch wrote and penciled the first half of the series. Hmm. Uh, does anybody know what that's about? Cause I have it written down. I do not. Page. I don't. I didn't yeah. really do a lot of top cow stuff back in the day. Okay. So the, I did a lot of bottom cow, the premise of the book is, uh, it's centered around the 1986 Chernobyl disaster. Uh, the op- it opened a rift in reality that allowed two humanoid alien races with supernatural powers. The man, I'm gonna, de- I'm gonna destroy I'm gonna these. De- <laughs> <laughs> gonna- <laughs> I thought that was one of the aliens. Man, I'm gonna, de- <laughs> I'm gonna destroy these. Uh, I, I call, I call that name. I call that name. That's gonna, man, I'm gonna, uh, that, that's gonna be my alien in Reno from the concept we came up with. Man, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna. Oh, it's God. very hard okay. to pronounce correctly, <laughs> or spell, <laughs> or spell. <laughs> I think they, I think you would pronounce this the minions and the dykes, uh, and they entered our world, and the two races are at war. Uh, I won't say any more because I feel like it might spoil things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody wanted to check it out, I'm sure it's available. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, that's all I have for the 1990s, and we head into the 2000s. Uh, he worked on the first three issues of Aphrodite 9 with David Wool. Uh, and then 
Don't you know what kids are calling it the aughts nowadays? The aughts? The aughts. I hate yeah. that. I don't know. That sounds weird to me. I'm just like, the 2000s. <laughs> the aughts? The aughts? Yeah. Yeah. The zero zero aughts. Yeah, the aughts. Yeah. The aughts. Like, the, like 2000 to 2009 is considered the aughts. Like the, the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, the 2010s. I don't understand. I don't either. Yeah. It's, Am I old? I'm not making it up. Like, yeah, no, like I know exactly what okay. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's Am what I... the kids are saying nowadays, McCord. <laughs> damn kids. <laughs> McCord, I guess we're old. Because the 2000s yeah. would be like the decade. Because I'd hear be people like go, oh, I, that was back in 2009. I would know. never say that. Oh, I, I, I no, slap that's, somebody I've, in I've, the I've, face. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty yard nine. That's that's where that conversation ends for me. I feel like I am going away now. I feel like you're working twice as hard just like 2009. Like you're working harder. Twenty yard nine. Some shit, Alex. That's when I give them the universe. That's when I give them the universal sign of plugging my ears and walking away. (laughs) Alex, if you're listening to this, next time I see you, please explain what ought means. I don't understand. I must be dumb. Uh, 2003, Finch returned to comics for a year-long arc on Ultimate X-Men with Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's that one, yeah. If you'd like to say anything he, about that, he, say it now. He did awesome. It. He's the, done the, a lot with Bendis. The early Ultimate stuff was just awesome, just all around. I didn't do Ultimate X-Men. Was Ultimate X-Men? Yeah, Mark I Miller. Did. Mark Miller started that. The the story the stories were pretty good. I don't know how I feel about mutants being man-made creatures but i mean there were some really good in an ultimate universe though like i mean like yeah. when it's its own thing well and and a lot of the spinoff characters um a, a couple of the characters took off really well like logan's son and uh kid the ultimate kitty pride was was big yeah she was hot for spider-man yeah uh-huh. <laughs> I, I enjoyed yeah that. so i mean there there was a lot of good about uh ultimate x-men i did ultimate ff and i loved ultimate spider-man i don't think i got into ultimate but yeah X-Men. ultimate x-men was good ultimate ff i thought was better and the first ultimates and ultimates 2 were the, amazing the, the, yeah. the epitome if you like the, the mcu that's basically where a lot of that shit came from yeah, yeah exactly yeah only those guys have serious anger management issues. Right. Yeah. Ultimate. <laughs> I mean, Nick Fury was modeled after Sam Jackson. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean. <laughs> Hawkeye and shit, too. I mean, like, the, the versions of the characters you oh, see yeah. in the movies are very yeah. much the ultimate version. Norman Osborn was... Um, Iron Man. Even Iron Man. Tommy was... Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Norman Osborn in those, and like, that is Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that is Tommy nope. Lee Jones. That is a duck. No, and that is a duck, Like, and, like uh, Angelina Jolie was the... This- Ultimate Scarlet Witch, yeah. and yeah, she was I mean, banging her brother. <laughs> yeah, that was Witch. But it gave us some of the, be- <laughs> but it, but it gave us some of the best Scarlet Witch lines too out of that series. Like, do me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Thor somewhere. You're a baby seal. Did you say foursome? <laughs> wow. Tyler. We know where Ty- we know where Tyler's head's at. Um, no, but in in uh, Ultimates two, Scarlet Witch steps up and says, "Thor, somewhere there's a reality where you're a baby still getting beaten on by a thousand Eskimos. I'm gonna find it and put you there." Oh Jesus! That, that's when you're like, "Oh, Scarlet Witch is really terrifying." <laughs> so after that, they moved on to the Avengers uh, for the new Avengers. They relaunched. Uh, Yay! After disassembled. Right, disassembled. Yes, yeah. it, it, that was after disassembled. It's when they created the the new Avengers. Um, I'll go into that into a little bit more detail. I later love on. that of new Avengers roster. Sounds good. Then Finch worked on uh, the revamped Moon Knight series with Charlie Hudson, and Hudson? that Houston. was Hudson? Charlie Houston. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so that there oh, talking is. About that. I, I was familiar with with Finch before because I'd I'd read the new Avengers and stuff, but it was those 
Moon Knight covers that, I mean, those just like seeing those on the shelf, they were so gorgeous. And that's when I was like, who is this guy? It's a very striking that, costume. That's too. about when I was like, that's when I knew who David Finch was, was mm-hmm. those those Moon Knight covers is what that's what did it. And he illustrated Fallen Sun, the death of Captain America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make my court cry. <laughs> I, I I just bought that trade. I or, I ordered it in and I just bought. It. No, I love the Fallen Sun. It goes through the five stages of grief. Um, Sounds think, like McCord went yeah. through them all. And yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was right. It was right after Civil War, and, and I that's where I jumped on comics with Civil War and. Cap was just killed and Jeff Loeb was writing it and Jeff Loeb had recently lost his son as well, which is which made him the perfect uh, person to write that story. I don't always say that about Jeff Loeb, but it really worked this time. Jeff around. Loeb can be very, very good or very well, not He was good, good up, up to a point. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that that fallen son, man, that's really very good. Then he worked on the ultimate ultimatum yeah. limited series that's for the ultimate Marvel about. line. That's what you got? Yes, that's okay. what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, so in addition to all of this, he's also done several covers for like World War Hulk, X-Men 200, X-Men the Messiah Complex. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> he Didn't he? I love the Messiah didn't Complex. Didn't he do, what did he do interiors of? He did a big X book, didn't he? Was it Messiah Complex or was it? Um, well, Messiah Complex was like. Well, like every, a bunch of people. Every. Yeah. But I thought he was... So Finch also illustrated the cover of Disturbed's uh, 2008 album, Indestructible. Uh, He also did concept work for the uh, Watchmen movie. Oh, I've I've got that art book and he's got some stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. So then I move on to the 2010s. Uh, so two thousand. What are those called, Tyler? The twenty tens. Oh. <laughs> well, that's not fun. The twenty ot tens. The ot. Would it be the two ot tens? Two ot tens. Tim Buck two. Did you say twat? Twat tens. Yeah. Uh, so two. In two thousand ten, he left Marvel and became a DC exclusive artist. Boo. Oh. <laughs> so sad for the Although I was excited to see him do Batman and it was pretty sweet. Yes, he did Batman 700 with Grant Morrison. Yes, sir. <laughs> mm. uh, then in 2010, they announced that Finch would be writing and drawing the new ongoing series entitled Batman the Dark Knight. And it was all done. <laughs> Tell me about this title. I was this is the one I was excited for because like I said like he did the Moon Knight and he all the Mm -hmm. stuff he's done was really great I'm like I want to see him do Batman and it was beautiful I I writing not necessarily his strong point but it was the book itself was gorgeous I mean he did covers interiors it was it was a beautiful book uh, and he did that. He started that right before they did the new Fifty Two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he did too many issues. I want to say it maybe did like eight issues before they did the reboot. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so the Messiah Complex. He did Second Coming issue number one. Oh, okay. So it was the third part of the Messiah trilogy, and it's probably the best book in the series. Hmm. There we go. Hmm. The man can draw. Oh, yes. yes. So, Tyler. Yeah, he does good things. So, Mary. Remember when we watched Face Off back in the day? <gasps> On sci-fi? On sci-fi. 
Oh, yes. I thought it was we're doing the John Travolta thing. Remember how he'd always do no. that? No. Kylie <laughs> <laughs> was like on his own planet. Like, when I hear Face Off, I think of that amazing John Woo really, movie. Well, that, that's what I was thinking. I was really yeah. passionate about that show. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Face Off is a special effects competition type show. Yeah, yes. makeup, makeup effects artist yes. show. Not anything like the uh, John Travolta movie. No. So <laughs> Finch was one of the six artists along with uh, Jim Lee and Dan DiDio who participated in the production of Heroic Proportions for an episode of that, of Face Off, where the special effects were were tasked to create a new superhero. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was in there. He okay. helped them. I remember Jim Lee. Yeah, he was a part of that to help them do mm. that. Um, yeah. So that was when they had to create a character for DC, and the winner got their character to be in Public. DC Comics. Oh, so the I winner was that. Infernal Core. <laughs> but I can't draw. What was the character? Infernal Core. By oh, you had to create it like makeup effects art Coaster. character. Um, he was featured in Justice League Dark number sixteen. I can't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> and where is this character now? I don't know. <laughs> Never don't to be me. seen or heard. From <laughs> got killed because by they don't want to pay that in. guy every yeah. time they use him. Uh, and then, so Finch worked with Jeff Johns to create uh, the new Justice League of America series and Forever Evil. Oh, he did do JLA, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, Finch and his wife Meredith Finch. Uh, began writing Wonder Woman, working on Wonder Woman at issue number 36. After Brian Azzarello was done. Yeah. Uh, and then as part of Rebirth, Finch teamed up with Tom King to launch Batman Volume 3. Volume 1. It's a, I wrote Volume 3. Well, he wrote, he drew Volume 1. Cool. <laughs> he also drew Volume 3. Then, that's just what I have. I think it would probably cool, be... Because they were... They, they were um, Bi-weekly books, so oh. it's like Finch would do the first arc, and then somebody did. No, okay. When you're talking volume, you're talking of the trade spine that says volume one, two, yeah, and three. Yeah, like the first story arc. arc. She's talking the actual volume number of Batman. Oh, okay. like when you're looking at the copyright, it's Batman volume oh, three. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Is it only volume three of Batman? I feel like Batman's been relaunched more than that. I think just the the three times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 the went Batman, on, the new, new Fifty Two, and the Rebirth. And Rebirth. Okay, yeah. you're right. You're right. They're not Marvel. Yeah, no. <laughs> if this was Marvel, it'd be like Batman Volume Seventy. Yeah, and th- and that's all I have for David Finch. Seventy-three, I think. Yeah. The history of. I should get so frustrated with Marvel when you're trying to recommend books to people, especially like when like a Captain Marvel movie's coming out. Like, just start with Kelly Sue's run. Like, but there's two. There's two Captain Marvel number ones by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn you, Marvel. Like, <laughs> this is so frustrating. It it's is. Like, it's like when we did our Captain Marvel thing, and you're like, this isn't. The one I thought we were going to be reading. Yeah. <laughs> like, Son of yeah. a bitch. <laughs> okay, so that's David Finch. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. David Finch in the Rebirth Batman run did a story called "I Am Gotham," which is the first arc, and then he did a story called "I Am Bane." So, which were both very, very good. Um, yes. It's not as good as War Jokes and Riddles, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't all be War Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, we can't all be. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to some book reports. Mary, did you not prepare? I did not read anything. Okay. Mary did not prepare wow. book So, Wonder Woman? Apologies. That wasn't sexist. So, this is going to be pretty... <laughs> this is going to be... This is going to be skewed because Mary was supposed to read Forever Evil and Kylie was supposed to read Batman. So, we were going to have two Marvel, two DC, but Mary didn't read oh, a book. No, and no then, one told me that. And then Kylie changed his. No, I wasn't playing it that oh, way, but okay. I was like, oh, cool. It worked out that way, oh, two I and gotcha. two, but now it's just three Marvel books. Oh, okay. Which is fine. I'm just... Who, did you read Forever Evil? 
I've read for every. Well, that's not Did what you? I oh, read what in it, preparation oh, okay. for this. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Considering we talk about Fair DC enough. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it for a week. <laughs> We're trying to become or more balanced. <laughs> that's why we have McCord on. That's All right. right. Yeah. We recruited him. <laughs> we went to his house, sat down with his parents. We're like, listen, we think your son would be great on our podcast. <laughs> you went to Logan? <laughs> We're, trying to, <laughs> We're trying to put him in a place where he can succeed. <laughs> Well, you would be the first. <laughs> okay. So, who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll go first if you okay. want. Okay. Kylie, tell us about... I chose, put on your readers. I chose Ultimatum. Because uh, this was a book that... Uh, it, it It's coming out of Ultimate 3, which... I mean, I really... <laughs> I we, I remember we, at one we point we did talk about how yeah, Jeff Loeb dropped yeah. off a cliff. Oh, yeah. So I rem- I remember at one then. point when I was organizing my comic books and I was putting the pieces, you know, putting everything together in Ultimates three, and I looked up and I said, "Did Ultimates?" I looked at my wife. Did Ultimates three end? She's like, "Oh yeah, that ended." I'm like, "Why don't I remember it?" And she's like, "Cause it was a heaping pile of shit, <laughs> and you've pushed it from your memory." I'm like, "Okay, fair enough." We all did. Um, but Ultimates kind of stems fire. out of stuff that happened in <laughs> Ultimates three, because Ultron in Ultimates three kills the Scarlet Witch, which kind of triggers uh, Magneto. He goes a little crazy. Hawkeye was trying to kill Magneto. And Quicksilver ran and intercepted that and killed Quicksilver. So his two children died and Magneto went crazy. So using Thor's hammer, he decides he's going to just destroy the human race. And he switches the magnetic poles on Earth, which just causes all sorts of chaos. So lightning storms in New York City, tsunami in Manhattan. uh, Everything's just going crazy. Uh, Invisible Woman uses her force field to push all the water out of the city, which causes her to go into a coma because that's a lot of. That's pretty. She's using a lot of power. Um, Professor X at this point telepathically contacts most of the heroes to say, "Hey, Magneto's the one responsible for this. We need to go kick his ass." So, while this is going on, uh, Reed Richards thinks because everything's flooding, he's thinking this is Namor's doing. So he's going off to. You know, go kick Namor's ass. Um, at this point, this is when the body count starts to hit. So Dazzler like Reed just like wants an excuse to just go kick exactly, Namor's yeah. ass. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, this is Namor. <laughs> the battery's on the remote right now. I was like, that fucking Namor. <laughs> uh, they kill off Dazzler, Beast, and Nightcrawler. Uh, Captain America, uh, they find him unconscious and they put him on life support. Um, they they go to they go to find um the Wasp. And they, when they find her, the blob has eaten her. It's a very famous panel. Oh, yeah. Very famous page. So Hank Pym goes all giant and picks up the blob and bites his head off. Um, Thor finds Valkyrie dead. He decides he's going to go to Hela or to, to Valhalla and try to save her. Mm-hmm. And he encounters Hela and she makes him fight her army to, you know, save her. While this is going on, Steve Rogers suddenly appears and Valhalla means... He just died, so he has he has died, so he's there. What ultimate, did he die of? He, he just got his ass kicked, oh, gotcha. basically. Um, With the blob eating the wasp. Yeah. Very famous page. Um, <laughs> this uh, at one point, uh, Thor finally just sac- decides he's going to sacrifice himself so Valkyrie and Cap can be resurrected and they can go live. Uh, at that point, 
you know, Cap immediately wakes from, you know, where he was. And, and the first thing he says is Thor is Thor's dead. He, you know, he just, he just saved us all. Um, Magneto goes to the school to talk to professor X, professor X compares him to like Hitler and Osama bin Laden and all this stuff. It really triggers Magneto and he kills professor X. Oh. This is what I love about this. I mean, like they're just killing off. Oh, and people. It, especially towards the end of the ultimate, like when all this was going on, oh, like yeah. the, the, there was no rules. Like, like <laughs> the, the gloves were off at that point. Yeah. Um, and he's got, uh, and like you, that. you'll probably remember this. Uh, Magneto got Jamie Madrox mm-hmm. to dupe himself up and they were suicide bombers basically. And he was just sending them everywhere to blow up crap which Jimmy was Matrix is awesome yeah that's what made the ultimate universe so fun though because there were stakes because it's like nobody's safe really they can do whatever they want right you know yeah and when hawkeye puts the arrow in that guy's forehead for the first time in ultimates 2 he oh, walks yeah. in and there's like some dude at the reception desk and he just puts an arrow in the guy's forehead and I'm, oh all right okay <laughs> it's a different game this is the ultimate universe um it's one issue two yellow jacket gets all big and carries them all out to the sea, gathers them up and carries them out to the sea and kind of sacrifices himself as they all blow up. So he, so he dies. Um, Kitty pride and spider woman are trying to find Spider-Man and they just find his mask and they figure out oh, he's dead. Um, and Bendis was like, Oh no. Yeah. They're like, Everyone's dying. They killed, they killed Dr. Strange. He's like, he's like, I know. He's like, I know that the sales started to decline a little bit on these ultimate books. Mine is not. Spider-Man is safe. <laughs> exactly. Well, for a bit, he was safe for a bit. We're going to ride out this ultimate uh, Spider-Man thing for a couple more years. <laughs> um, they, they all gather together to go confront Magneto. Angel gets killed by Sabretooth immediately when they walk in. Hawkeye shoots him in the eye. Uh, they rip Magneto's arm off. All sorts of hell breaks Jesus loose. Christ. Oh yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Um, he Magneto ends up killing Wolverine before he leaves by ripping all the adamantium out from his body, and it causes his cells not to like you know help him regenerate. Basically, so he dies. Uh, and then Nick Fury, who was stuck in the Supreme Powers universe at the time, uh, I think it was like Mister Fantastic, and a few people went to go find him. Uh, they bring him back, and he uses oh, – I can't remember who he uses, but he somehow trans, transmits his memories to Magneto to show him the mutants aren't really these superior beings that you think they are. They were actually created by man. Kind of what McCord was talking about earlier. They, they, they're they not mutants in the like the 616 sense universe. Mm-hmm. They were experiments, basically. Uh, so that really – screws magneto up well, yeah, it kind of works because he's he's kind of doing this for mutant kind and so like he, there is no mutant yeah kind. so he reverses things he puts the poles back to how they should be and he asks cyclops to kill him and cyclops just immediately just takes his head off oh, really? with the blast um and then i want to say like of course the government wants to crack down on mutants this is kind of where it's all wrapping up and cyclops is having a big press conference and saying, we need to turn ourselves in. We need to, it's kind of like a registration kind of mm-hmm. thing. If we don't do this, there's going to be an order out to just shoot to kill basically. Mm-hmm. So he's tr- out there trying to implore them. Let's do this. Let's all just, you know, we can, we can, we can work in peace. We can do this. You know, Magneto's gone. It's all over. And then he's assassinated during the speech bullet through the head. And you find out at the end, it was Quicksilver who actually wasn't dead. And the end of the book is him picking up Magneto's helmet and saying, you know, he's oh. going to keep his legacy going. Oh, geez. The Ultimate Universe it, was fun for no one, kids. Like, yeah, it was I, a very dangerous I, place. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Now, that being said, I 
<laughs> but the few a few stories before that, uh, which was Jeff Loeb stuff. I mean, I, I the long Halloween, Dark Knight, all that stuff was so great. But there was a point in his career where I just didn't care. Spider Man Blue. Um, oh yeah, Yellow, all that stuff was Hulk just gray. was awesome. Yeah, uh, and ult, like I, I said, Ultimates three was horrible. So going into Ultimates, knowing that it was Jeff Loeb. Mm-hmm. I was pretty skeptical, but I loved it. But it is, I mean, most people I talk to hate this. Hate, yeah, they hate Ultimatum. I liked it. As it pertains to our topic, how's Finch do? What the artwork? Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, Yeah, it's. I mean, when Finch is sloppy, it's still gorgeous. That's yeah. that's one. He's one of those artists that you're like, even eh, when he's like half-assed, you're he's phoning still it in, but it still than looks most good. People, yeah. Um, but it's good. I mean, like you were showing Mary that that one panel. Right. It's it's that quality of work. Oh yeah, it's very good. All right, that's ultimatum. Yes, I'd check what, it out. You, I, I was gonna say, would you recommend it? I, I would recommend it. It is one that I do argue with people because I think I'm in the minority of people who mm-hmm. do like that. Uh, it does. It has a lot of bad reviews on it, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just kind of explained the story. Does that not sound cool? Yeah. The problem with it is, it, it, it's not really a book that you can just pick up and read, though. Because no, it's it is, it's a build. It's a it's a what it's ten ten years of, of build up. I yeah, think. Yeah, it's very so. much part of that ultimate universe. Yeah. So it's not one that you could just necessarily pick up and and read it. But yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Did Matt Matt Murdock die in that, or did he die in something else? In Ultimatum. Yeah. In the Ultimate Universe, I don't remember. Okay, because I remember he was also. That's, that's the one thing I liked about the Ultimate Universe is. If they'd kill a character off, like they killed Matt Murdock off, they had a Daredevil. It was just a new yeah. dude. Yeah. You know, they just, it, like Spider Man. Oh, they yeah. killed Peter Parker off. Now yeah. they got Miles. So, Ultimate, yeah, the Ultimate Universe, there was no rules, man. There yeah. Was, the, the wheels were off. It was, <laughs> nobody gave a shit. <laughs> so, I read Moon Knight. Uh, the trade paperback is called The Bottom, uh, written by Charlie Houston and John, of course, by David Finch. So, Moon Knight is a character that has kind of gone in and out. And this run on the character is pretty significant because this book came out in 2006. And after this book, there has not not been a Moon Knight book. The Moon Knight books have came and been canceled. There has been a Moon Knight title at Marvel since 2006. That's true. So um, pretty significant there because (laughs) I don't know if... A lot of people just weren't able to get a good handle on the character, or maybe Marvel didn't do as well of a job of... I don't know, maybe it was niche. Um, I, I think maybe they got David Finch because it was like, like we need to get people to give a shit about Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, like, hats off to you guys. Like, like go ahead. Because, I, mean, I mean, after this run, then you get, like, uh, Warren Ellis... I mean, Bendis was after this one. Then after Bendis left, and Warren Ellis comes in, and Jeff Lemire takes on after that. And, and then so it's didn't been, Max Bemis do a Moon Knight? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's been pretty much one after the. I mean, yeah. pretty pretty success. It's not a title a lot of people talk about. It's, I don't think it's very. I think it's but kind it has of, its audience uh, for sure. It's like a ghostwriter. It's kind of has yeah. a cult following. It definitely does. Moon Knight's definitely like one of those characters that's not really in the mainstream, but the people that like Moon Knight really yeah. fucking like Moon Knight. Um. I knew really nothing about Moon Knight, but he's a very striking character visually. Like when yeah. you when you like, oh, that's cool. Like there, there's it's a great design. I don't know who designed that costume. Yeah, but, I'm not too sure. Um, it's it's a great design. Uh, did you read it on like digital or Tom something? Yeah. Did it have the covers? 
Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Because oh, yeah. right. those are those and, and Finch gorgeous. is so good here, man. And I think I think Charlie Houston knows how good Finch is because there's not a lot of dialogue in this book really at all. I think he lets Finch do a lot of storytelling just visually because like there's a lot of pages with little to I was able to fly through this yeah. trade really quickly. I remember reading it back when it came out single issues, but it's been a, a while. Yeah, so. there's not a lot of words on the page, which is great, especially if you're reading it for the purpose of Finch's art like I was for this episode. It's like, oh cool. I mean he just lets the artwork completely shine. Yes. Um this is kind of a reintroduction to the character, which was good for me because I'm not really familiar with the character. So they they do kind of uh, go over his origin again. Basically, he was on an archaeological archaeological dig. Thank you. And uh, oh, what the fuck's that guy's name? There's a uh, oh my god, I just forgot his name now. The dude that betrays him, anyways. And he's like, oh look, what if I just kept everything for myself? And they leaves <laughs> leaves him for dead. And then Konshu is the Egyptian god of the moon that he like begs for his life and basically pledges to him. And then he becomes Moon Knight. Now he serves Konshu. Um, and there's some multiple personality stuff that goes on. I think Moon Knight's a complicated character. Even reading this and kind of like getting it a little bit, I'm like, this is hard to explain to people. I can understand why a Moon Knight book would be hard to sell because I feel like it's hard to pitch it to somebody. Yeah, Yeah, like, okay, so he's kind of like this, but like, he's like kind of schizophrenic, but he's not, and he worships this god of the moon. But there's also like a god of Thunder Thor that's never heard of Cone Shoes. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, it's it's weird. Cone Shoes? Conch shell, whatever. Um, but I mean, this book gets pretty brutal too. At the very beginning of the book, uh, Moon Knight's fighting this guy, and he like falls off a building and like just destroys his legs, like hitting all the fire oh, escapes yeah. down, and his knees that. like come apart, and then he ends up being in a wheelchair for a little while. He because Conchu like takes his powers and stuff away because he like shames him after he gets injured like oh fuck you god of the moon and he's like oh yeah well fuck you i'll take your powers away um taskmaster plays a part in this later on it, it's a fun book i enjoyed it for what it was again like i said i'm not someone that's an avid reader of, of moon knight but um the artwork is incredible it's it's definitely like if you're gonna pick this up pick it up to look at it because yeah. it is a phenomenal looking book and I've read quite a bit of Finch's stuff. This is maybe one of the best things of his I've ever seen. Like uh, this is like right in his wheelhouse. It seems like all of his strengths are are here in his prime in this book. And um, I'd, I'd recommend it definitely, especially if you're like who's Moon Knight, whatever. Because I I knew next to nothing, and this book does a pretty good job of kind of getting you. Kind of, yeah. It's it's not a complete. Let's redo his origin, but it's like it gives you enough enough of it while also like okay, we're gonna do this now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Moon Knight, the bottom. I'd, I'd check it out. So the one I was going to read, um, and basically it was, it was going to be a reread, but it was, uh, a, a collection of Batman stuff he did. Um, but it was the unwrapped one. And I think I was telling you guys about talking about the hush version of that. I, I oh, own yeah. that one cause it's just the Jim Lee pencil pages. Yeah. And this is what that was for Dave Finch. So if oh. you want to see like his artwork before it's all colored and everything and it's just those pages. Bushman, that's, that's... that fucking guy's name. Oh, Bushman okay. is the is the villain from Moon Knight. Sorry. That was that was driving me nuts. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> if you if you want to see just his just his pencil work and also and you can still read that story if you get the the Dave Finch Batman unwrapped and it's it's gorgeous. There's a part where Moon Knight rips Bush, Bushman's face off. It's off a, of his it's Moon pretty Knight, brutal. Moon Knight <laughs> I always felt was like a, a 
a mixture of the Punisher and Batman. Like he was very brutal. Marvel's Batman. Yeah, but he's. I think I think he's a little more brutal than Batman. I think Daredevil is Marvel's Batman. I I would call Daredevil much more akin to Batman. If 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 someone was like, "Hey, I like Batman. What should I read of Marvel?" Yeah, but Moon Knight has all his little like he's got his. That works every time for me. (laughs) Like, like, well, because because. Matt Murdock is much more, I mean, he's a lawyer, but he's much more of the detectives, like, crime-solving shit more so like Batman is, yeah. and also very noir. Moon Knight very, just seems to have all the fun gadgets, and he just runs into a fight, Very basically. vigilante. Yeah. But, you know, there's a really cool line that Charlie Houston gives uh, Moon Knight where, like, basically other people are, other heroes and shit are giving him crap for wearing a white costume. Like, why would you wear an all-white costume, whatever? And he basically is like, I want them to see me coming. Huh. Like. I want to scare the shit out of people coming because they can't run from me. I want them to know I'm coming and know that they can't get away. I'm like, that's actually kind of a badass like spin on that. Like, yeah. yeah, he's in a fucking all white costume. Yeah. Why would you do that if you're running around in the middle of the night? So like, okay, if you have to give a reason, there's a reason. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, okay. uh, it was a Batman story I read because someone was giving him crap. Why, why are you dressed all in black, but you've got this big yellow thing. Uh, and it basically, it's like that's where all that's where all the it's, armor it's, is. Yeah. So he wants people. That's where he wants yeah. them to. That's to the Dark Knight Returns. On. That's the Frank Miller thing. Okay, goes, yeah, maybe he, that's what it was. he said. Yeah, 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 he said I I put the brightest color of the costume on the most heavily armed part of my body because that's naturally where people are going to aim there. for. The most protected part of my body is the part that's easiest to see. Which is actually like kind of brilliant. That's back yeah, like before it's... Frank Miller was fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? That little, that little part. That like, that like eighty three <laughs> to like ninety two man was just a good nine ten years of Miller. Mm-hmm. Then it was all gone. McCord speed reading over <laughs> here, so he can do his book report. Yeah, pretty much. McCord, tell us about the new Avengers. Just trying to remember. Um, as long so, as you got the premise, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh, uh, just a little back history for me. Uh, up until t- Civil War, I basically only really read X Men, and not even a lot, but just no. to, yeah, just 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 enough to keep me updated. Essentially, like mm-hmm. I'd I'd read for a few arcs, and then I'd drop off for a couple of years, and then I'd go back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once Civil War hit, um, I got sucked in altogether. And one of the first things I read. After that, excuse me, was New Avengers. So, what are you laughing about? Kevin's <laughs> really enjoying himself, but I don't know why. No. He kept, he's like, and very funny looking. <laughs> Every time he looks at me, he starts laughing uncontrollably. He it's said really something. Weird. I was going to make a joke. <laughs> And I was kind of giggling, but out of the corner of my eye, every time I look over, every time I was looking at you, you were looking at me. So I kept no, looking back. I was looking we at were, you because we you kept swinging. like looking at me with this like half cracked <laughs> smile. I'm like, what is he laughing? You can about? edit this whole part out. No, we won't. <laughs> Please don't. Go ahead. All right. So uh, anyway, so New Avengers really was uh, one of the first titles I read that wasn't an X title or Civil War, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and I think didn't this happen before Civil War? Um, Did I go back and read this after I read Civil War? Yes. Maybe. I think New Avengers came after. Maybe not. No, because it was disassembled. Yeah, it was disassembled and then so it went to... And even House of M was before Civil War too. Yeah. So yeah, so anyway... It's like so, Prime Bendis. Right, like... so right, right after oh. Disassembled happened, uh, this New Avengers came out and that's kind of where I decided to go back and basically start my my comic book reading my for what made you diligent. choose to veer off of X-Men 
and um, choose something else. Probably reading X Men tie-ins to Civil War, and I was like, "Oh, Civil War is awesome. What about these guys?" Yeah, th- okay. that, that's essentially what happened. So uh, I read, and I still own every issue of Civil War. So there's over a hundred different issues, but it was really the first time where so that uh, many Civil War. Yeah, Jesus o- outside of outside of Daredevil and the X Men, that's the first time I I I knew about all these characters, but I had never read them outside of <laughs> who is this guest, Spider guest Man? Guest appear- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, how did Spider-Man get his powers? <laughs> like, no, but yeah. So, so I mean, this is actually a really a, uh, a book that's near and dear to my heart. It was written by Bendis. It was drawn by Finch, and it was really my my first taste into non-event, non-X-Men comic books, right? And it starts out um, with uh, Matt Murdock. Foggy Nelson and Luke Cage going to the raft where they're holding all the world's superhumans because I guess it's a good idea to put them all in the same place. Because why? Right. Yeah. As Arkham does the same thing, and I, I don't understand why. Is Jessica Jones' mom there? Uh, Jessica Drew is there. Oh, okay. But no, I don't think Jessica Jones had found her mom yet. So dumb. <laughs> don't watch season two of Jessica Jones. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, but the purple man's there. Yeah, and that was my that was my first introduction to the purple man too. And Nagat oh, is terrible. Oh, yeah. purple man is amazing. That, that original <laughs> Alias series from Bendis oh, so dude, is the bomb. Well, and and even in here, like I got it out of context um, just by reading this. What he has done to Luke Cage and Jessica, mm. and, and uh, it was just really bad. Anyway, um, so they're met by Jessica Drew, who is Spider Woman on the raft and they're going to go talk to the sentry. Like that was their, their goal. And the sentry basically locked himself up there because he had just killed his wife. Cause he went crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. But the sentry is like the, the most powerful being. He's like the in, Superman in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Oh. He has the power of a thousand suns, but he's oh. also, so he's stronger than Superman. Uh, yeah. But, but he's also, has a like a different personality inside him called the Shut void that, that makes him go like super dark too. Oh, so yeah, he, the void. Yeah, it's a so really then terrible he character. As powerful as however Bendis many black him. holes. <laughs> you, you don't like the sentry? No, I don't. Oh, okay. No, well, Bendis loves him, and anytime there was a problem, the sentry would show up, and mm. the problem would be fixed, and then he'd fly away again. I, one of my favorite sentry moments is him taking Carnage out into that's, space and that's, ripping that's, him in half. That's in this book. Yeah, okay, oh. that's it. That's, <laughs> that's in this. Nice. That's in this book. So we also find out early on that there is a, a mysterious, shadowy figure who hires Electro to knock out all the power in New York, which knocks out all the power to Rikers. And all the villains are escaping now. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Spider Woman, Luke Cage, and Matt Murdock are all on are all on the island. Later, eventually, they're joined by Captain America. They're joined by Spider Man. They're joined by Iron Man. And they fight. They capture some bad guys. That's where I meet the Purple Man for the first time. Who the first words I ever saw the Purple Man read the Purple Man say is Luke. Why don't you kill all your friends and then kill yourself? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this guy has balls. <laughs> and then you get David Tennant to put. Oh. Yeah, like I know, I knew who Luke Cage was because of Civil War, and for him to just have the balls to walk up and just say that to Luke Cage, and then he goes on to say, "Don't worry, I'll take really good care of our Jessica and your bastard baby," and mm-hmm. like, 
I'm just like, who is this guy? That's when I dove into, I wanted to learn more about him, but thankfully he was all drugged up and Luke Cage beat the crap out of him so much that Cap had to pull him off to keep him from killing the purple Mm. man. Which he should Purple Man is terrifying. He should have killed the Purple Man, uh, personally. Anyway. Read Alias, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Isn't that a show? It has nothing yeah. to do with the nothing, comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they were coming out at the same time, so it was really yeah. weird. Yeah. It was okay. very confusing. Okay. Uh, no, a- <laughs> Alias is more akin to like the first season of Jessica Jones. Yeah. Okay. Basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. About, what, 25, 30 issues or so? The original Alias series? It was about that, I think yeah. it's four trades. Purple, purple, purple man's nasty. Anyway, um, so so they've got this new team of Avengers together. They've all come together to to stop this breakout from happening. A lot of uh, villains did get out. Now they have to go hunt them down and have to find out who's in charge. And the worst part of the the during the breakout, Carnage gets out, which is great for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just starts like murdering everybody. But also the Sentry gets out. And the sentry walks up, grabs Carnage, flies him into space, rips him in half, and throws him in opposite directions. Which is great. And if if you've ever seen David Finch's artwork, mm. this is like the best scene oh, yeah. in all of comics. <laughs> David Finch is amazing. I don't I don't care for the sentry, but him ripping Carnage in half and throwing him in two different directions in space is amazing. Yeah. Sentry's yeah, he's a character. I just never... wish Sentry wasn't on Earth. Yeah. If he was out in space and he was fighting like the Squadron Supreme and he was out fighting Silver Surfer and Galactus, you know, I think it would be a much better fit. Okay. Um, That's fair. So then they discover that the person behind this happens to be the X-Men villain Sauron because I guess they hadn't done anything with him in 20 years <laughs> and they decided that he should be a thing again. You, you know what's that. terrifying? Green pterodactyl man. <laughs> That's, such a, ter- that's a- such a Bendis thing, too. Like, you know who comes next? Sauron. Why? Because why not? Yeah. Like, a green pterodactyl man who has the power to hypnotize you and drain your life energies to make him younger and you older. Like, that guy's just terrifying. So they go down to the Savage Land where they run into Wolverine because, of course, Wolverine's like chilling at the Savage <laughs> just, Land. Like, that's where they go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the X Men do yeah, go on vacation, yeah. I think. The X-Men, yeah. Whenever, like, Cyclops <laughs> needs to chill, he goes and hunts dinosaurs in the Savage Land. You know, relaxing. Yeah. Um, they, they find. They find Sauron um, and they realize that Sauron has basically been working with this rogue shield unit that's mining vibranium out of the Savage Land. And the rogue and the rogue shield uh, unit then turns their sights on the Avengers and tries to take out the Avengers. Right. And then so that that's basically the the first arc. And they're like, yay, we're the Avengers now. Right. We've we've come together and Cap talks to Tony about it. And they but say, we're OK, the we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> biggest issue is, is that Daredevil pulls a Batman and says, I work alone and leaves. And I Daredevil is Marvel's Batman confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wish that he had a much bigger part because I really like Daredevil on teams. I, I was also reading like, Marvel Knights and stuff at the same time. Uh-huh. And when he was working with Cloak and Dagger, also with Moon Knight and Power Man and Iron Fist and that and the Defenders of the Street. like I don't know if I'm like usually Daredevil not a team teams. fan at all, actually. I am if it's a good... I don't know. I like, Daredevil, I like when Daredevil will like team up with somebody for an arc or something, but I don't know if I like Daredevil on a team. But see, yeah, but I mean, he could be... Him and Punisher are always cool together. But it's like Batman, right? Where Batman, yeah, is probably better off on his own. 
But when he then does step in when the Justice League are there, like I thought that Daredevil would be more of a recurring character in New Avengers than he ended up being. Batman who works alone but also has the largest extended family out of like any comic book character. Right. No, but I, I like I wish that Daredevil would have would have come in more, mostly because I just think Daredevil should be in it. No, I I love Daredevil. I just I don't know if I like him on a team. But but this team it works. Like you know yeah. what I mean? It, yeah. Like anything can be done like good. Like if if you do it right, I'm down. I don't care. Right, like Bendis's Defender series when it was based after the Netflix, it was Power Man, Iron mm. Fist, Jessica Jones, Daredevil. I really like that. Um, anyway, in, an interesting thing about this that we didn't know at the time. So this was, uh, this book was all put together. I'm gonna actually table that for just a second. Uh, but w- when this was all put together, Bendis was just coming off of his Daredevil run. Uh, he was at like his first Marvel summit. This is the story uh, that Bendis tells. And he was sitting next to uh, Mark Miller. And they were they were going on and on about the Avengers. And I guess he leaned over and said to, to Mark, you know, if, if the Avengers are really the world's greatest heroes, why aren't Spider-Man and Wolverine part of the Avengers? Mm-hmm. And I guess Miller stood up and yelled to everybody, hey, this guy's got an idea. Mm-hmm. And so then Mendes had to stand up and said that he could see money, uh, money signs in Dan Buckley's eyes, the publisher of Marvel, mm. um, putting Wolverine and Spider-Man in the Avengers. And apparently it sparked a huge debate as to why Spider-Man and Wolverine can't join the Avengers, right? Like Wolverine's not exactly Avengers material. Mm. Spider-Man typically works alone. Spider-Man's another guy I don't like on a team. So anyway uh that's when it came together this is the first time we've seen spider-man and wolverine in a book uh in an avengers team book when they Mm. become avengers uh so this this is a major turning point in all of comics Mm -hmm. one thing that we also didn't know is that the the shield uh agents and things that were mining vibranium this rogue shield unit that was mining vibranium in the savage land turned out to be scrolls and this was a whole huge kickoff of Secret Invasion that Secret happened invasion is so, good too. so many years later that Bendis had been working up and never told anybody. Guys, when we get to the creator focus episode for Bendis, that's going to be a freaking... Oh, it's going to be forever. four hours. <laughs> and he, I guess he, <laughs> it'll be a three-part thing, yeah. And I guess... and I, <laughs> we'll, we'll have big ads like those DC books that was like, Bendis is coming, like leading up yeah. to that podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then we realized that the Jessica Drew, the spider woman that's in this first arc is like freaking queen of the scrolls. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like all of this, it, you know, and he, I guess what happened is, is he walked into Tom Brevert's office uh, for a pitch meeting and sat down and said, everything you've read yet, yeah, they're all scrolls. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? And then if you go back and read it with that in mind, you start seeing the groundwork that was actually laid. Hmm. It's like, Oh, how did, how did I miss this? Yeah. Bendis is prime man. It it is it is one of those rare comic books that I mean there are rereadable comic books, but it's one of those things that like one of those movies like when you hit the end you're like oh my god and you go back and you watch it and you see all those little things that you didn't see before. That's this is one of those. I love going back instances. after you know the conclusion and when you like when you can see the strings a little bit more. I yeah. love when you like just from like a narrative standpoint. Like I love watching people lay the groundwork for stuff when you know what comes later. Like oh that's how they set that up. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I love that. I love being able to see all the little ties. Yeah, I mean this this whole this whole run of uh, Bendis and Finch's New Avengers it 
It's probably the most dedicated I had been to a title that didn't have an X in it, or Daredevil for that matter. Um, Was it your first uh, Bendis? Yes. Okay. You didn't read Bendis' Daredevil? Not before. before not before I read. Not before I read this. Bendis' Daredevil. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Right. No. Like my favorite Daredevil. Yeah. So I mean, when I when I came in at Civil War, I mean, obviously I had a lot of catching up to do. So <laughs> so I I had I did go back. I read Bendis' Daredevil. I read Disassembled. I read New Avengers. I read House of M. Mm. You know, all that stuff that was leading up to and beyond Civil War. Uh, in this book, it. it uh, references Bendis's secret war where Fury took a, a small band of, of uh, heroes to uh, Latveria mm-hmm. and like takes over Doom's place where they're, they're um, you know, making superpowered supervillains, giving them tech and whatnot. That's another time where I thought Daredevil really felt well, felt like it was really good on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, covert ops, like I always felt, Daredevil would be really good at that because um, he can see without seeing. But yeah, so I mean, this was this was a turning point in comics in general. I mean, we we got Spider Man and Wolverine on the Avengers. It led up to Secret Invasion, and it was a personal soft spot for me because it kind of introduced me to a larger Marvel universe and kind of sucked me in. And then I rode that Bendis train for a real yeah. long for time the first, after that. For the first time ever, the Avengers were a very street-level, almost-sized team. Yeah. With guys like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones on the team. And stuff, well, Luke Cage was, was the, the leader, wasn't he? So, uh, eventu- eventually, so. yeah. So then eventually they switched off into Mighty Avengers My, and it, New Mighty Avengers. That's right. And like the New Avengers took care of the street level things and the mighty Avengers took care of cosmic threats. In fact, I've, I've talked to plenty of people that have said, I've heard from plenty of people that have said, I never read Avengers until Bendis' new Avengers and wasn't able to read Avengers after that because they liked that street level team Mm -hmm. so much that when it went back to saving the world every Friday, like, Oh no, this isn't what the Avengers is to me because that's the Avengers to them was this street level team that Bendis had done. Well, that's, that's why I really liked it when they split the two teams mm-hmm. because there's so many powerful Avengers, a ridiculous. I think that's what they were trying mm-hmm. to do with the defenders for a little while. It's like, let the defenders be kind of the street yeah. level team. No, and see, and I, I like that because I that's, that's how it should be. Right. Basically the Marvel Knights team. <laughs> yeah. Cause in an Avengers book, once there was a street level problem where Thor Hyperion and Captain Marvel showed up. And I'm like, really? They're yeah. going to destroy everything. <laughs> like one of you guys could have taken care of this. Yeah, seriously. Like, Hyperion threw Atlantis at Namor. <laughs> like, come on. Um, no, and, and that's why I really liked it when they did split up and they had the new Avengers, which was Spider-Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. You know, they're all on the street taking care of the people yep. while the big guns like Carol and Hyperion or Sentry or, you know, Iron Man, those guys could take care of the world ending threats. A friendly neighborhood Avengers, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, well, and they lived in the mansion, and yeah. the Mighty Avengers lived in the tower, and so they were, like, literally on the street where, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, I I really liked that split, and I never really got into Mighty Avengers, and I stuck with New Avengers. So, obviously, you recommend it then? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else we want to say about David Finch before we move into some other stuff that I was going to... You gotta see Sentry about. ripping Carnage in half. <laughs> yeah, <honestly. laughs> it's amazing. Oh, all right, David Finch, awesome. Check out his stuff. Uh, buy one of his pages if you can ever afford it. I will not. <laughs> but if you if you happen to be, what are they be, going for? 
I don't know. Probably oh, a lot. Probably, if you happen yeah. to be so financially um, able, then do yourself a favor because um, I I don't. Does he do a lot of the con circuits and stuff? I bet he probably does. I would imagine so. Yeah, but... I would think he does. Um, he has I've never done seen San him. Diego. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean everybody does that. Does that. <laughs> Um, as far as like some of the smaller shows, we've never met him, but I'm sure he's a very nice person because <laughs> he's from Canada and that's like a law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> law number one in Canada. Must be nicest person who ever lived. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of killers in Canada as well. Okay. Should we move on to some weekly picks? Sure. Mary, you didn't have a book report. I didn't. Please tell me you have a weekly pick. I do. Okay. I'm going to pick, um, it's a comedy web webtoon called uh, Love Advice from the Great Duke of Hell. From the what? <laughs> from the Great Duke of Hell. Okay. Love the advice. title gets more depressing with every word. <laughs> <laughs> Love Advice from the Great Duke of Hell. So happy at the beginning. Oh, okay, of hell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like I said, it's a webtoon. Each episode, you can read it in a minute because they're super short. Um, it's really, it's super funny. I mean, just the title, Love Advice from the Great Duke of Hell. It's So it's about a kid. He has a crush on this girl, or this guy has a crush on this girl, and he doesn't know how to approach this girl, okay? So he summons the Great Duke of Hell. He, he was just trying to summon a demon is really what he was trying to do. So he summons the Great Duke of Hell, and now he has been, now he's like the master of the Great Duke of Hell. <laughs> and he's like, the Great Duke of Hell is like, what do you want from me when I'm done with you? You know, you have a time limit. You have however many days or whatever. And when it's all done, I take your soul. And he's like, I want to be able to talk to this girl. He's never been able to talk to her. He only sees her from a distance. And, oh, it's just so funny. Sounds uh, like bedazzled. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. With Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's really funny. Did you find a way to bring up Bedazzled once a week, at least? <laughs> like, somehow this movie from 2002 makes a cameo in every conversation, at least, like, on a weekly basis. Uh, facial expressions are, like, just so funny because they're, like, super detailed. And it's, like, something outrageous happens and somebody just has, like, this super straight face, like, okay. So, like, recently something happened. Uh, so the Great Duke of Hell came back from this bar where the bartender is a fish, a fish man. And so there's a whole episode where they just make fish jokes because he's talking about this, the kid that summoned him and he's his master. And then they came back and there's this guy in the alley and he's just like totally just frozen there. He's like, if I don't look at them, then they won't see me is what he says. And he's super straight faced. It's really funny. Is it a cartoon or a comic book? It's a webtoon. What is the webtoon? Web it's comic. a comic it's a book comic. that you oh, okay. scroll. Okay. It's yeah. a it's a digital exclusive yeah. comic. Yeah. Web comic. Why do they call them webtoon? Because that's, that's the, name the, app. Of the app. The name. Of the uh, app is uh, yeah. See it's the old man app. learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> McCord, you got a weekly pick? Uh, yeah. Uh, Livewire from Valiant. <laughs> that book's some Valiant love. Yeah that that book's been awesome. So, um. Uh, Livewire is a character in the Valiant universe, not to be confused with the Livewire in the DC universe. Both are female. Both have very different power sets. Um, Livewire in the DC universe is awesome. Livewire in the, Can't Valiant, speak for universe the Valiant universe, universe. Is cannot better. speak for her. But <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> so uh, it, uh, up to this point, uh, Livewire in a book called Secret Weapons finds out that the government 
is hunting down superpowered people. And then that leads into a book called The Harbinger Wars 2, where Livewire, who is a, a ridiculously overpowerful uh, technopath, decides to shut off all power in America for days. <laughs> okay. Which kills, obviously, thousands of people. And um, But she ends up saving her group that you know that she she wishes to save and the live wire book we're about five issues in i think five came out today uh yesterday uh covers the aftermath of that so she's on the run she's the world's most wanted terrorist uh in her eyes she's the hero uh now um when she was growing up uh, she was adopted raised and trained by another superhuman being named toyo harada who is really like the big bad of all of like the Valiant universe. Mm. She finds out what a monster he is, how many people he's killed, and she bolts to become a quote unquote hero. So he's a villain? Oh yeah. I should pick his book up. He he's a big bad. So okay. imagine if he's a big bad. He's a big bad. Yeah. He's a big bad boy. <laughs> in, in, imagine he has very similar uh characteristics to Magneto as a villain. Right, he's a product of World War II. Great, um, Hiroshima. So the bomb was dropped on his village. Great, um, and but he has the powers of like Jean Grey. So, so it's like as hell. yeah. So he's so he's like an omega level telepath, telekinetic. Huh. Who is who? I mean, imagine if Magneto had the powers of Jean Grey. That's what you got, which is ridiculous. So. Uh, and that's who that's who uh, uh, raised, trained, adopted Livewire until she found out what a monster he was, and then dedicated her life to fighting against him. Oh, yeah. huh. So in the so in in recent issues of Livewire, a new character has been introduced. His name is Pan, and if Livewire was Harada's number one student, Pan was number two. Mm-hmm. Always jealous of Livewire. But he has figured Pan has a way of shutting off your powers. So he shuts off her powers, kicks the crap out of her, takes her in, imprisons her, and basically says, you think you're so much better than Harada? Harada never killed innocent people. When you shut off power to all of the United States for days, thousands of people died. Innocent people, sick people, the elderly children. Those are who you killed. You are way worse. And the things you did are way worse than anything Harada ever did. That's cold. Yeah. So now she's stuck in a cell with no powers, trying to, like, now having to come to terms with the fact that she's a bigger monster than Harada ever was. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of where we're, that's kind of what we're dealing with during the live wire. Did you say who the team was on that? Uh, It's Vida Ayala. Okay. Is writing it and. Vida is great, by the way. Mm. Um, yeah, I, w- I was able to meet. And it's a fairly new Vi. title, isn't it? They're yeah, it's, it's five, five or six. Five issues. came out yesterday. Oh, okay. okay, issue five came out yesterday. Cool. And, I highly and recommend. Harada it. issue two came out yesterday, didn't it? There, yes, there was also. Do, do they cross over, or is this a, is a, the Harada more of an origin story? Harada is like an all inclusive story uh, that talks about. Uh, it's literally called the life and death of Toyo Harada. Oh, okay. Right, so it's it's a five issue miniseries that goes over throughout the entire life of. of oh, okay, I might check that out. I didn't realize he was a. 
a villain. Oh yeah, he, he and he's <laughs> he's not one of those heroes. No, he's <laughs> so boring. Uh, also, if you want a little bit more Toyo Harada and a lot more of like what what his intentions were and the secret plan he had of finding uh, these these superhumans and recruiting them, uh, you can read Imperium. Okay. Also, but, okay. That's all about that's all about the stuff he's doing behind the scenes. So in the Valiant Universe. Uh, the the superpowered people have to be activated. They have like a latent abilion, b- ability inside them that has to be activated, much like Marvel's Inhumans. But that process, only Harada knows how to do the process, and only one in four survive it. Huh. So, I, I mean, it's... So he's just like killing people, <laughs> trying to activate their powers in order to build up an army of superhuman beings so that he can take over secret weapons comes in because they're all his rejects. They're people with really terrible powers, but now they're being hunted. Livewire steps in and causes a whole war with the whole world. <laughs> um, so check that out. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it, check all that out. Yeah. It's it, like a great time. It, it's really very good. Uh, so it's Vita Ayala and hang on. I'm looking up who the artist is right now, but it's very, very good. I just don't pay artists. I don't don't pay enough attention to artists. I think uh, Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. Hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, I highly recommend anybody picking that up. If you want to start, you don't have to start at the beginning at Secret Weapons, but I do recommend it because it's a hilarious and awesome book. Uh, but Valiant does a very good job with recap pages, much like Marvel does. So you mm-hmm. should be able to pick it up, read the recap page, and move forward. Great. Okay. Uh, mine is another TV show, but it is comic related. Uh, from from uh, Mr. Grant Morrison, the show on the Sci Fi Channel called Happy. It is. It's insane. It's crazy. It's we hilarious. The first Yes, we did. It's um, Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney which is, is always amazing. a good thing. Patton Oswalt. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. Um, it's basically about a ex-cop who, you know, he's kind of a dirty cop, so he's not a cop anymore. Um, his daughter is kidnapped, uh, and he finds this out because the... Uh, it's his, his daughter? His Yeah, his daughter's uh, invisible friend. I thought it was just a random imaginary. girl. I don't think it was his daughter, was it? Yeah. Well, you don't... I mean, you don't find that out until later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yo, spoiler. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's season two now. I'll catch up. Yeah. <laughs> you are past the statute of Jeez. limitations on it that. It just barely got put on Netflix. Come on. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been on there for a bit. Oh. Season one's been there for a while. But her imaginary friend, shown. Happy, which is a her. donkey unicorn yeah. with, you know, wings. It's, it's, it's all It's awesome the show because it's an animated. Yeah, uh, they do it very well. And Patton Oswalt does the, does the voice. Hilariously. Um, the first season really captured the comic book very well. Um, Great adaptation. Yeah. In the comic book, though, he dies at the end. So they he didn't die at the end of this, and they gave it a season two. And it is... The, the episode three aired last night, and it, it just three episodes into season two is... Those three episodes have been so much better than all of season one combined. It's, really? It's, it's oh, crazy. Wow. And you really liked season one. I did. Yeah, So it's I not did. like... Uh, and season one, really, it was crazy, but by the end, it was insane. Like, those last four episodes, it was just like, just what Grant the hell? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's good. If if you're easily offended, don't check this out by any means. Dude, the, this show pushes uh, sci-fi 
I feel like for oh, the they age- drop the f bomb. They curse a lot. There's nudity, uh-huh. but they do do little happy. Yeah. Happy heads pop up and censor them. I mean, even violence but, too, though. Like it's pretty oh, brutal too. Oh like it's just episode one of season two, the amount of blood. It's a cable show, but I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it, it pushes it, it's, cable. There, there's a scene where they're fighting, and there's so much blood that they're just slipping and sliding all around. You can tell they're on wires, but they're it's yeah. it is hilarious. If you didn't it, know what channel it was on, you'd probably assume it was like an HBO oh, yeah. or a Showtime yeah. kind of. I mean, it, it, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, they, they let them. It's on sci-fi, sci-fi but like just oh, for how I bloody violent HBO. stuff it is, oh, yeah. you would assume it's like a, a. I figured it would be Cinemax or something. Yeah, like how some it kind is, of an HBO yeah, show. Sci-fi, that's, crazy. that's kind of like Cloak and Dagger too. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger. It's on like Freeform. They curse on that. Yeah, it's on Freeform, and the episodes one and two of of that had so many people just getting slaughtered and like torn apart and like. Eaten. <laughs> and that's oh, that's been good too. Oh man, my weekly good pick is a book that came out a while back, but I don't think I talked about it when it came out. I did read it when it came out, but uh, I don't think I got a chance to shout it out because I, so I want to shout it out now because I think issue two is about to come out soon, which is Spider Man: The Life Story mm. by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Mark Bagley. This first issue, I mean, I was really excited for this just because I think Chip Zdarsky is. Amazing, dude. Right that guy is on fire. And Mark Bagley is one of the greatest Spider-Man. But the artist is switching with every issue. No, Mark though, right? Bagley's drawing is the he whole really? series. Yep. Oh, I, I was under the impression they had like a Mark different Bagley artist. I was too issue. until I just heard an interview with Chip Zdarsky where he says Bagley is drawing the whole. Well, thing. but he's like crap. he's drawing them very differently because they all okay. take place in different decades. Yeah. So I is grabbed it, the first issue because it was Bagley. As far as I know, should be. Mark Bagley is one of the greatest Spider-Man artists who ever lived, and he never. I don't think he was ever late on an issue, and they pumped the crap out of Ultimate oh, yeah. Spider-Man, and it was always. The Darcy was just saying in that interview I listened to, he cannot believe how fast the pages are coming in. Yeah. Like, like, and like it's, Bagley's and sending clean. Him pages. It's, his artwork oh. is clean, and it looks good. So, if anyone it's, hasn't heard the premise for this, Spider-Man Life Story is a six-issue miniseries that each issue takes place in a different decade, but the series is going to age in real time. So the first issue takes place in the 60s, which is the decade, obviously, Spider-Man was created in, and it's very 1960s. It's very Silver Age. Spider-Man is 15 in this issue. Issue 2, he will be 25, and it will take place in the 70s. Then issue 3 will be the 80s. Mm -hmm. It's going to end with him in his 70s in the 2000s. So um, Hmm. right there, the premise sounds amazing, but Zdarsky is really playing around, at least in that first issue, with like a lot of like... I'm trying to think of what's the word like cultural things that are going on. Like the uh, the big thing in the first issue is the Vietnam War, and Spider-Man's kind of like like the whole with great power comes great responsibility. Am I obligated to like go? Like I have powers, I have things that could really help people. Should I feel obligated to go and help? But if I go, there's no way that I can keep my identity a secret. So is it worth giving up my identity if I feel like I can do some good over there? And he even has a conversation with Captain America about it. It's it's really really well done, dude. And Bagley's so good at capturing that 1960s Steve Ditko like art style almost, but I mean it's still clearly Bagley, and so I can't wait to see what he does in the later issues as like the art style has kind of changed, especially once we get to like the 80s and 90s, which is where he cut his teeth on. So yeah, this feel. I mean, it's only one issue, so I don't want to you know proclaim it as this script, but this really feels like oh, this could be one of those Spider-Man books. Like a, it it feels very much like a Spider-Man Blue, Mm -hmm. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. It feels very much like that. Nice. Um, so, issue two should be coming out here fairly soon because I feel like that first one was a few weeks back. So, and I, like I said, I never shouted it out, and I meant to. So, that is that. Um, 
I had some little discussion stuff for the end, but I want to kind of close out a little bit and then save stuff for the end that way if people don't want to, because what we're going to talk about is going to be irrelevant in a couple weeks. So we're going to kind of close and then we'll, we'll finish with some stuff. So, all right, guys, time flies almost as fast as Superman. This podcast is about over. Make sure you guys are following us on social media everywhere. Fortress of Comitude Podcast, FOC underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check out the Nerd Dome Podcast, which McCord has been on. Kylie is normally on. Uh, McCord has a movie coming out called Rockwell God and Guns, which you can check out on Facebook there. And... Um, we will not have an episode next week because Mary and I will be out of town. So we will not see you guys again until our review for Endgame. You will not hear our sultry voices until then. Re- Which so is, that's the next one, Endgame. Endgame, will oh be, Endgame review will be the next podcast. So that's kind of where I want to pick up here oh. because this, this will be irrelevant in a couple weeks. So I thought it'd be fun just as kind of a last chance before we get to talk about the movie when we've seen it. Um, any kind of speculations or theories or things we just want to see in the movie or whatever things we hope to see just because I think it'd be fun to be able to like oh yeah we were way off (laughs) once the movie comes out so does anybody have because I mean they've done a really good job about not giving away anything Uh, the only speculation I have is and McCord was working with me the day that Charles called from was what the hell was it I can't remember where he was he'd just come out of the Marvel press room or whatever the Uh, the, I don't think it was New York. I think it was somewhere in North Carolina or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But he sent me a message going, okay, you, we need to order heavily on these books before the move, before this movie comes out. This Marvel has said, these are the books you're going to want in your store. And the first one was Infinity War, which I'm like, well, yeah, we, we can sell that. That's that we, We've got it, but I'll, yeah. I'll up it up. You know, Infinity up the Gauntlet, orders a bit. Infinity War, all that shit. Uh, the other one was a title called Adventures Forever. Oh, the Kurt and, music book. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I, I kind of remember reading this, and I pulled it up, and I called McCord over. I'm like, do you, do you remember this? And with him mm-hmm. again, it was like, yeah, but it was, it's been a while. And mm-hmm. we pulled up the synopsis, and it's about King the Conqueror. Yeah. So I'm curious what that yeah. means with the movie. Kurt Busiek's run on Avengers is probably Because the they, they specifically Avengers said, these are the two books you are going to want in your store when Endgame comes out. So... Hmm. That's from Marvel so, directly. Yeah, so, so maybe they're hmm. going to be introducing Kang as the next big villain, which would be cool. Awesome. I mean, they're doing time travel stuff. I, from what I that's, understand, that, that's my speculation. This, so. As you think, like no. maybe Time Stone's the one stone they get their hands on, and they there's a lot of go back in time and fix yeah. shit stuff. I, I don't on. think they get their hands on the Time Stone. I think it has something to do with Ant Man. Because uh, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, when he's going in, to the quantum Janet says, watch out for time vortexes. Or she said something about time oh, something. Right. She's like, be careful. Don't get caught in one of those. Hmm. So I think that's going to play a part. Yeah, they wouldn't just say that. Yeah. Huh? And McCord, you haven't seen any trailers or anything. And we're not going to nope. spoil yeah, anything. He's like, I don't want to talk about this. No, and we're not going to spoil anything <laughs> that we have seen in trailers. But just do you have any kind of... Uh, theory or speculation of what they might do or or what would you like to see them do even in endgame Endgame, yeah like just your any theories or speculations or things you hope to see in the movie i think cap is gonna die i think i think cap and tony are gone i don't i don't i don't think tony will i I think cap will i don't i don't think think either of them are gonna die no i i honestly don't think that if they they don't kill off somebody big like that i'm gonna be very (laughs) disappointed (laughs) if somebody doesn't die i'm gonna be pissed I I paid money for death. I think it's too easy. I think it's too easy. I think it's too obvious. And I don't think the Russos pull the trigger for that purpose. Hmm. It's like, think of, remember when everybody knew that Hawkeye was going to die in Age of Ultron? 
And then he ended up not being the one to die in Age of Ultron. And they totally set it up with his family and oh, everything. Yeah. And you're like, nope, that dude's totally dead. And then he isn't dead. Yeah, it was Quicksilver. Instead. Yeah, I think yeah. they're, I think, uh, and I've even heard the Russos talk about this, which is another reason why I don't think Cap's going to die. But they, they have made mention that there are other ways to ride off into the sunset that don't end in death. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think, I don't think Cap dies. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't, I don't know if, it, I don't know if any. I would like it because I, I would be like I thing. would like him to die and Tony to still live because I think that would wreck Tony. And I don't think he would be Iron Man after that, but I'd like to see him still pop up every now and then. But then uh, but we just could a do, mess of it. We, we could do could Demon do, in a Bottle. I was just going to say we can yeah. do Iron Man 4 Demon in a Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> which that would, would be awesome. Yeah. Which is what I want. Um, no. Uh, is that Peter David? Demon in a bottle. I can't remember who that was. I don't think so. No. Mm. Or no, Kurt Music, right? That sounds. That sounds more up the. Yeah. But I mean, we've we've already been spoiled by some things. I think um, unintentionally, the announcement of several Disney Plus series that involve characters that are in Infinity War. Yeah, but a lot of those don't really have to be take place after Endgame. Yeah. I mean, when they when they bring up a Loki series, I'm like, that could be. But they could do anything. But they will. Uh, You know what? Honestly, okay. So just just the announcement of you know, hey, we're doing another Spider Man movie. We're doing another Black Panther movie, right. and then they disappear in Infinity War. You're like, oh yeah, really? That's that's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, like for me, I'm, I was talking about this with Charles too, because like for for Charles, he said that kind of ruined it for him. Like he said, as soon as I saw Black Panther fade away, I was like, kid, hey, none of this means anything. Oh, mine was Gamora. And, the minute Gamora and, died, I, I don't was know, like, like no. to me, I, I don't. To me, I think you're missing it with that because like I, I don't need to believe that they're permanent for it to work. I don't need to believe that Spider-Man's dead, dead for that scene to work. Like, I know they're all coming back. I fucking read comic books. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I-, I think you're missing it if it's like, oh, well, I don't even care because you know they're coming back. I'm like, I don't think y- you're getting it. It-, it. it doesn't necessarily have to be permanent. I don't need that threat to be there for me to appreciate what no, all of that it, means. It, but it doesn't, it's not going to have that much of an emotional impact if you don't me it still did i mean watching the second the second time around when i saw it it did the Mm. first time around like i said when when he threw gamora off the edge i was like oh i see what we're doing i just kept thinking how bad i felt for kids because dude i if i had to watch spider-man die as a kid i don't know what i would have done and then spider-verse comes out the same year and they kill spider-man in that movie too i'm like these poor kids had to watch (laughs) spider-man die in two different movies in the same year spoilers for spider-verse but like (laughs) But like it's in the trailer, so not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's why you don't watch trailers. Yeah, trailers. Are but like that's stupid. the premise of the movie, though. Like, right. This one's dead. Here's another one. Like it's not right. a big deal. It's Chris well, Pine. Or, or if you've read yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. Exactly. The, like the things I'm most excited for in in Endgame, are like little things that I hope they do. Like like I, sometimes I feel like Marvel has me so much in the little palm of my hand, and I just love it. Like I'm out, like go ahead and play me. Like I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like. Like, Tony keeping the shield at the end of Civil War and everything. Like, I know there's going to be some scene where they go off into, like, their final battle where Tony's, like, cap and toss in the shield. And when I see him grab it, I'm just going to cry. Like, <laughs> like, 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 little stuff like that, I'm, I just know I'm not even prepared to see, even though I already know it's coming. Oh, and that's what I love about the Marvel movies. It, it's just a lot of those little things oh. where you're just like, yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Like, I know that's going to happen. And... Oh, it's just okay. gonna be so good. All right, so I thought of something. Okay, because I've I've actually so I wasn't affected emotionally really by uh, the 
Infinity War because to me, I understood that it was it. That's the intermission point of the movie. <coughs> yeah, essentially. So I'm just like, I'll I'll wait to see how it ends. Like, how is this going to be resolved? Exactly. End game, if yeah. you will. Yeah. But <laughs> but I but I do like I do like that when they disappeared. What it what it did for me was like. Oh crap! Well, I don't know how they're going to get out of this now. Like, I didn't think they were dead, but now I don't know how they're going to be able to overcome the obstacle. I love that. I love that. My my theory was that it was Scarlet Witch Mm -hmm. was going to go crazy bonkers and and you know and resurrect everybody, and then she disappeared. I'm like, well, there goes my theory. They they had to get her off the table because if you leave her there, then yeah, it's like there's too much. Like, oh yeah, Scarlet Witch is still there. Then what? But there is a line, and there is one line in the Winter Soldier in Captain America: The Winter Soldier that I really think the book or the movie movie okay uh that i that i really want to see explored more and with the recent announcements of casting for the black widow movie and there's one announcement that i haven't seen yet it kind of starting to bother me in the winter soldier black widow says to bucky please say you at least remember me and that's yeah, the yeah. Only, that's the only time that they've when hinted. he's about to kill her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only time that they've hinted that they've had any kind of a past. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've read the comics, you know that Winter Soldier was her instructor in the Red Room. Mm-hmm. Like, he trained the Black Widow. And then they eventually, um, well, he's in stasis, so it kind of gets like a little Twilighty. But they, yeah. but they, but they eventually become, they should play you know, with a, power, more, huh? a power couple. They really should. And with the Black Widow movie focusing on the Red Room, from what I understand, quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got like Mr. Rose and stuff are already casted. In fact, I think David Harbour's going to be in it too. Think, yeah, he uh, is. He, um, he's yeah. I think like, Captain Marvel. But they passing, haven't announced Sebastian Stan in it yet, and I'm kind of frustrated. I think Captain Marvel that. passing a billion dollars is very good news for Black Widow movie hopeful people because it's like okay, this well they're is like, already casting. But I'm saying it's like that's very good for that because it's like okay, like obviously there's there's people that we're waiting for the female led Marvel movie because they came out for it and paid a billion dollars for it. Well, so, good well for them. we we now have Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, yeah. so we're like two for two. Yeah. <laughs> Because people have um, been asking for that Black Widow movie basically since she came into the MCU. Like, I know they too. Yeah, like yeah. people have been asking for that movie for a decade. We got Red Sparrow. Dude, my, my wife will be first in line to see a Black Widow movie, especially if Bucky's in it. If, if they lean really hard into the spy covert agent stuff, I think, especially because a Black Widow movie, you could make for cheap. Like if you yeah. do it right, you could make that oh, movie. Yeah. Like that's a pretty low risk movie. Yep. And Scarlett Johansson's obviously a box office name, so I mean number one. And yeah, you could they, make that movie for like they could even push that to an R. Like not, I don't think that I don't think that every property warrants an R rating, a more adult rating. But a, I mean, you're talking with the Red Room, man. Yeah. I mean, this is this is some serious. You could make stuff. that movie for fifty, sixty million bucks, and mm-hmm. and and make a billion. And, and oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I mean, be- even if you made six, seven hundred thousand or six, right. seven hundred million off of it, uh, off a fifty, sixty million dollar movie, I mean, dude, it'd be Deadpool. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool was a sixty million dollar movie, right. and six, and even Deadpool probably has more CG and stuff than this movie would require. So, yeah, yeah, yeah especially I mean, with all because all of her action sequences, that's all her. Like, yeah. like she's done the training, she's done, she's done all of that, except for what was maybe it was the. Age of Ultron, where she was pregnant, so she didn't do a lot of oh. any of that. <laughs> you don't yeah. see her face a lot when she's you know running all over the place. But um, the the other thing, and like this, in Wonder Woman, when Gal Gadot's pregnant, she has that big coat on for like a third of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and this this might be a little silly, but maybe Kylie will back me up on this. 
one of the things I'm most excited for for Endgame is Agents of Shield. Yeah, because they for they like the tie-in they stuff. have deliberately put off Agents of Shield until after Endgame, because apparently what happens there's some spoilery stuff that happens in Agents of Shield, and the way the Agents of Shield ended was so wow, yeah. good. When that but they, a- they have come out and said they're not going to talk about the snap or anything with Shield, but I think Endgame stuff will. I think a lot of that will factor into stuff right well well i mean it's like it's like when in the winter soldier when black widow releases all the hydra stuff and we feel that ramifications there it when thor dark world dark world came like shield had to go basically clean up the mess Mm -hmm. on what happened there you know i I really like those movie those movie tie-ins and i'm well when i binged shield uh the second time around like you know, when it was finally all on Netflix, I'm like, I'm going to go back now that I'm into these characters and see if those first few episodes were as horrible as I remember. Mm-hmm. But what binging it like, you know, because I was watching it on a weekly basis, right. binging it like I, I I argue with people about, well, they don't really tie into the movies. Holy crap. They tie into no, that they really cinematic do. universe like you wouldn't believe. It's it's insane. Well, this last season ended with the. With a Cree turning around and saying, you know what? Nothing you do matters because Than- Thanos, Thanos is here. Thanos, Thanos <laughs> is coming and you can't stop it yeah. anyway. Yeah. You know, like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, that's where you're going to end with this? Oh, come on. Oh, it fits. I'm really, I'm really scared. <laughs> I can't throw my legs, Matt. No. I'm really scared oh, if, if Tony's going to go. Spider-Man. <laughs> I think I told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again real quick. I'm, I'm scared if Tony does go. Because I don't know why, for some reason, I really was convinced that Tony was going in Infinity War. For so like that, that was the one I was like, I was like, I, I don't know. I think I, I kind of got there just based off like I think if they really want to like make a mark, like the one that would hit the hardest is take out the one that started it. You know what I mean? Like if they want to really pull at it, like if you're gonna kill someone, kill Tony. But as far as like what's gonna get an emotional response, so I really thought Tony was gonna die in Infinity War, and so I went into that movie expecting Tony to be done. And then there's the scene where like. Thanos is just punching the shit out. And dude, when I was seriously, the opening night in the movie theater, I I, I like started shit. I was like, dude, I can't do it. Like, I I, I wasn't ready. And I I had accepted (laughs) it was going to happen. And like, when he stabs him and stuff, I was like, dude, I'm not ready for this. I can't. Like, I was, and then when he lived, I was like, like relieved. I was like, dude, I thought I was prepared to see him like leave this this world and I, I, once like the money was on the table, I was like, no, 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 don't do it. Marvel, please don't do it. I think the craziest I've got in a Marvel movie where I was, I had to hold myself back from jumping up in the theater was the end of Civil War, the big fight scene, and Cap is on top of Iron Man with the shield, oh, and yeah. I was like, I was so close to just jumping up and going, take his fucking head off! <laughs> <laughs> That's the emotional response to get out of Kylie. <laughs> well, I'll say this, uh, like, my wife hasn't been this excited for a movie since The Winter Soldier. I don't know if I've ever been as excited for a movie. Yeah, just, just because the way that last one ended, it's like, how do you? This this is, and granted, it's because Wasatch Con's coming up that weekend, right? Uh, we got the podcast. Um, this is the first time I've ever like been on. I was five five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I need tickets. I need to get tickets. Yeah, I've I haven't I've never done that. I've yeah. never. Well, thank really God you did that. too, because they were yeah. gone. <laughs> my, I've my, never seen a movie go out. I mean, like, not even like Star Wars. I mean, even yeah. Star Wars, you can get tickets. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I've never seen a movie that opening night. I mean, just gone like that. You could not find tickets. 
Well, and I, I don't know what my – well, no, I do know what my reasoning was and, and mostly to do with this podcast. But it, it, normally it would be a thing where like I'll see it. If I don't get to see it that weekend, I'll see it you know, mm-hmm. that week. That's um, how I used to be before the podcast. And if I didn't see it opening night, I because I don't care for spoilers, mm-hmm. I, I would be going up to people going, okay, tell me all about yeah. it. Tell me everything that happens. Well, yeah, my – I mean – my wife was like, no, we are going opening weekend. If this not- one I'd have to see regardless. If we can't do pre-release, she's like, I'm not going to have anybody tell me anything. This, this is my birthday present. Like, yeah. She made it very clear, like, my marriage might be over if we don't end up <laughs> going on opening. That's the kind of marriage you like, want, opening though. night. That is Aaron's birthday weekend, too. Yeah. That, that's Lisa's birthday weekend. It's, it's gone to the point 27th. now where it's like... Uh, 28th. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. It's gotten to the point now where it's like, not even just because of the podcast, but because of the lifestyle that I live and the people that I associate associate with. with. If I don't see a movie like this opening weekend, I just basically have to like, Stay home. Yeah. I work at the comic shop. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, because that's, it's almost to the point where like, I don't even enjoy the movie that much anymore it's i want to see the movie so i can talk about the movie with everybody else like i look forward to the discussion about the movie more than the movie itself um it's all about spoilers for me like if i don't see this like it's gonna be ruined for me and mm-hmm. blah 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 especially I've, nowadays with the internet now i mean I've I, I was so seeing i don't i don't i don't know why that ruins movies for people i don't know what it, it is about me it, it depends I, I, I shouldn't i shouldn't say ruin like it were, doesn't ruin there, the movie for me but it's so much more exciting there are things no i hear that when someone will i guess quote spoil something um makes me just want to go out and see it more i'm like oh my god that happens I've got, i'm gonna go see this tonight you know uh, there's like I, I won't bring it up because we are because just in case you haven't seen Shazam, but we did our Shazam review last week. There was the thing that happens in the last act of that movie that I'm very glad was not spoiled for me. Yeah, because because again, I was wondering the whole time, are they going to do it? And then when it yeah. happens, it was like, oh man, they did it. <laughs> well, see, like, it depends on what it is. There's certain yeah. stuff that's like, no, go ahead. Tell if it's me, if but. it's a big twist in mm-hmm. a movie, that might ruin things for me. Um, but like, so Glass, I went into that knowing. Well, the first twist. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a second twist. You told me there was a twist in the M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, no, but two, two twists. What a twist! What a twist! But the the second remember, twist remember, was the one where, oh my god, that was that was amazing. Uh, yeah, twist twist is a little different. That that could ruin a movie. Spoilers, I could care less. It, you know. Well, I mean, like The Gifted, right? And we talked about this, Kylie, where I, I saw the picture of John Proudstar in like the thun- the Gifted Thunderbird, mm-hmm. you know, war paint and stuff. And I was really excited to watch that episode because I had seen, because I, I had seen that. And, but the whole time, as excited as I was to finally get there, the whole time I was like, can I imagine how I would have felt if I hadn't known this was coming? Mm. And all of a sudden, he just starts putting on the war paint, and he throws on the red shirt, and he he has the giant knife and the hatchet, and walks out and just yells, "Ah, oh, my name is Thunderbird!" Like I, I probably would have passed out. <laughs> like maybe it was better I had seen the spoiler. Up some to that stuff point, that it's but... like you want to experience it as it happens. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. So we are definitely rambling at this point, so oh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. just close this out. But uh, if you did stick around for all of this, I don't know if we got anywhere on it, but it's all for fun. So um, we will see you guys in two weeks. So no, no, uh, buddy in the fortress next week. But we will see you guys for the Avengers Endgame review. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and guess that uh, 
buckle up for a long one on that because it's a three-hour movie. Yeah. So and I've actually been practicing holding my bladder. Did, did you guys see? <laughs> oh my like, gosh! Legit- really? Legitimately, I'm like, okay, I want to see how long. Did I you guys can see go. Kevin Feige's statement today? Uh-uh. Where some, conditioning. Somebody was asking about intermittent. He said there will not be an intermission, and there is no good place to go to the bathroom in this movie. <laughs> I will tell you that. Like that, there, there is not a moment that's like you could probably go. No, <laughs> I'll probably so, just get bring a thing, a little thing of water, and then a and catheter. Not, a ca- yeah. No, not even a that. Catheter. But like my problem is, Take I'll get like a ankle. big soda. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll drink that during the previews. Uh-huh. And it's like, then you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Because right. you've done it all d- before the movies even started. And you're like, oh, crap. So thanks for hanging out with us this week again. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm McCord. And I'm Kylie. Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening. I give you a 